Hello, hello, welcome, welcome, hello and welcome. Hey everybody, welcome, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. Glad you're here. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that do not know where the mountains are. If someone could chime in, if one of the mods would let me know if audio and video are okay. I did mess with some different settings and stuff, so I want to make sure we're still all right. Um, and while we're waiting for that, let me tell you what's on the docket today. So we're going to do the shipment report like we always do. We're going to do an awesome giveaway sponsored by the lovely Tiffany White at Sparky's Tropicals. And um, I've got some cool news about the warehouse. Things are starting to move, so I'm pretty excited. Um, I've also got a, a new person hanging around that might pop in and I'll be able to show you. <laughs> Jonathan arrived. We're still packing fish though. We started, sound is good, video's good. All right, thanks mods, I appreciate it. Um, we, we got up bright and early and started packing fish and we've been packing fish all day. In fact, we've been packing fish solid since Monday. It's a beautiful thing and I wanna thank everybody that orders from us and supports us and tells their friends and all that. So not to shill, but to gush, I'm just grateful for y'all. Thanks so much. Um, so, and then we'll get to questions and comments. If anyone here has questions about how to keep fish, breed fish, raise fish, build a fish room. I built lots of fish rooms. Um, yeah, general stuff like that. I love geeking out about fish. So that's what we're here for. Let's start with the shipment report. I am thrilled to report for another week in a row. Drum roll. There have been no losses. As far as has been reported to us, Things are going great. Now, I do want to acknowledge that unless a customer emails me or reaches out or says something in the chat that I see um, about something going wrong, I, I don't know. So it could be that more things are going wrong than I realize and they're just not being reported. But as reported, we're 100% again, which is our goal. We work really hard to make that a reality. And we're gonna improve this. So. Um, we're going to, since Jonathan's here now and can be the code wizard and, and design things that we need for functionality of the website and our business, um, we're going to create something that maybe a couple days after a customer receives an order, they get an email from us and says, hey, did everything do okay? Uh, how many fish did you receive of those? How many did well for you? Any concerns? Anything we can do to improve? So that... Um, so there's just a little a little feedback loop that's a little more official, I suppose, than just asking people to send me an email or, or leave a comment if something goes wrong. So I'm thinking everything's great, but I always worry in the back of my mind that maybe there's more problems out there than I know. And so we want to kind of figure out the best easy, a way to make it super easy for customers basically to give feedback. It's just like, click, click, here's a number. Here's a number and send it back to us and it'll automatically tabulate. And then all those statistics will be on the homepage in a real-time ticker. So basically you'll see the real-time success rate that we have at Dance Fish, um, a fish that made it alive and, and do well for people. Um, so I'm excited to have that. I'm also, <laughs> it's I guess it's a little nerve wracking to have like all your errors, all the things that go wrong broadcast to the world but it's going to keep us honest. And I think as we grow as a company and hire more employees and things, if everyone knows, hey, on the homepage of the website, 
in real time, people can see how successful we're being with our mission of, you know, getting people live, healthy fish that will thrive for them. I think it'll be uh, just another another check in the process, another uh, incentive to do the right thing. So we're excited to get that going. Anyway, shipping report is good. So as far as I know, we're good. Okay, let's get to... I think we'll do the giveaway to start. So the giveaway tonight is being um, provided by Tiffany White from Sparky's Tropicals. And I think it's a really cool giveaway because they're angelfish that Tiffany bred and raised herself. So they're nice hobbyist bred and raised angelfish. They should be pretty darn hardy for you. And you have choices. So let me pull up. I need to pull up the email where Tiffany tells me exactly what she has because I accidentally closed it earlier. So let me bring that up, put it over here. Okay. Oh, just a moment. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know how to use the internet. Okay. So this is good TV, right? Sorry, guys. Here we go. I found it. So here are the kinds you can choose from. You can choose from a blue marble angelfish a dark blue Pinoy angel, or if you don't like the blue, she has koi angels as well. So, and they're between nickel and quarter size, depending on um, which spawn they're from. So let me show you some pictures of this. So here are the parents, or at least one of the pairs. Here's some of the actual fish that she has and is raised that are available. So here's the marbles and here's the darks. And then here are the koi. So you can, you, the giveaways for six of, oh, I'm not sharing these at all, am I? Here are the koi babies or juveniles, nickel to, di, uh, nickel to quarter size. Here are the marbles and here are the darks. And here's one of the pairs, uh, just so you can see the parents. At least one of the pairs of parents. <laughs> Sorry, big fail not sharing that earlier. So what I love about hobbyist um, bread and raised fish is not just the hardiness and everything and, and the care that most hobbyists take with their fish, but also you get a, a better idea of the lineage. When we import angels, we just hope and pray that, that the lineage is good, right? unless we know a very established breeder or something like that. If you buy angels from a wholesaler, you have no idea where they're coming from. So it's awesome that we can get them from Tiffany. Um, you can choose up to six. So the giveaways for six of these angelfish and you can mix and match colors. You could do all one color or you could say, I want two of those, two of those and two of those. You can do whatever you want, which is really cool. Now, if you want to know about more about Tiffany White and her, her fish room and her, um, or her tanks and her angelfish and everything, then you can check her out on her YouTube page, Tiffany White. 
And check this out. You can see all kinds of videos of the actual fish as, as they're spawning and growing and things. So that, it's just nice to, they're not just random fish that show up. You can kind of see the whole process. And if you want to further support Tiffany, her store is Sparky's Tropicals on getgills.com. She has these for sale here. If you don't get to win them tonight, you can purchase some. And check this out. Got several reviews and they're all good. So she's doing a good job. So that is the giveaway. And just thanks again, Tiffany, for providing uh, tonight's um the items for tonight's giveaway. So if you would like to be entered to win some of those cool angelfish, the hashtag is angelfish queen. <laughs> it's a lot to live up to, but angelfish queen. A-N-G-E-L-F-I-S-H-Q-U-E-E-N. All one word. It doesn't matter if it's capitalized or not. Hashtag angelfish queen. All right. So, Tiffany, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, with that, I have, well, hey, Jonathan, can you pop over real quick and just say hi? No? Okay, Jonathan's uh, shoulder deep in an aquarium, so <laughs> he's trying to find a male. He's trying to find a male Blair-Eye, which is a challenge because the Chilotherina Blair-Eye we have right now are, are really small, but when we can... We try to be like, okay, there's one that we at least think is a male that we'll put in there with the mix of we don't know because then at least one will have some color, right? But they're so small, we can't guarantee anything. Camera. But, oh, but yeah, there, there you are. So you got to come further, uh, further. No, there you go. So Jonathan's in the house. He's here full time now. We're, we're rocking and rolling, getting a ton done. And it's just nice to not be alone all day here. Sure. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we got a lot of work still to do tonight, so he's off. Okay, so awesome news about the warehouse is that the aquariums have arrived, at least most of them. The first semi-truck arrived. So we have 34 pallets of aquariums coming and um, roughly and change. And... Um, <laughs> we got 26 of them this week, which means there's still 70 aquariums left. So we have seven pallets left that will come on, on a box truck. And it's funny. Normally, if you thought of seven pallets of aquariums, that would be like a lot of aquariums. Each pallet is 10 aquariums, 70 tanks. That's a lot. But after unloading that massive semi, like seven pallets seems like nothing. <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing how it, how it changes your perspective. Um, so it's a bit of an adventure. So we knew that the pallets would come this week. I asked the uh, my rep to please give us like two days notice. You know, let us know when they leave and, and get on their way so that we can plan things and be ready and all that. Um, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> what happened is Monday, Jonathan and I are, are catching fish and pulling fish for orders and stuff. And we're, we're all, all wet in the tanks and everything. And I get a phone call, which I'm glad I answered because it was the, the company we bought the aquariums from saying, hey, we're here. How do we get in? 
<laughs> it was like, okay, I guess we'll drop everything and run up there. So um, we sh- we'll have a video of that and, and all the other stuff that's going on. Um, let's see, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday is the next installment of Building Dance Fish. And we actually have some building going on. So that's pretty cool. The other great news is um, the lot is the groundwork on the lot is starting to happen. Uh, you'll get details of that in the video that's released, the Building Dance Fish. Uh, what is episode four, I be- believe, is the next one to come out. And uh, But yeah, ground is being moved. Things are underway. The, the official permit from the city has been approved. What they had before is since they, they knew the project so well and they knew that we were waiting on the subdivision to go through, they went ahead and permitted like sewer and water um, and, uh, and some other things so we could kind of get going. And, the, and then they basically said, okay, you're authorized to proceed. And as soon as this stuff is done, then then we'll go ahead and issue the official permit. So the official permit has been approved, um, just waiting on it to get filed. And the, the good thing about that is, you know, they can't, you can't take back a permit. If someone at the city they were dealing with was to leave or something and someone new came in, they wouldn't know what was going on. So it's nice to get the, the official documentation. So that's just about completed. And, um, I can't wait to take you guys on this journey. We are going to set up a camera where we'll go to the same location every day for two minutes of video. So Chris is going to go out every day to the build site and take two minutes of video um, just so we can do a time lapse like people have asked for of the entire thing. And um, at the end, kind of have that, that little piece of eye candy, I guess, to show the entire build. So we're pretty excited here. Um, it's getting busier and busier, so it's going to be interesting to see how how we or how we manage getting the build done and everything on top of just keeping fish healthy and customers happy. But um, we're up for the challenge. We're up for the challenge, and we're very excited about how things are going. So anyway, that's enough rambling from me. I I don't think there's really any other updates to give other than. We're packing fish like crazy and you're, you'll be getting your fish soon. <laughs> Everyone that's waiting, we're working on it. <laughs> so with that, I want to go ahead and get your questions and comments after I thank my moderators for being here and for everything they do. <clears throat> Excuse me. I get choked up. <laughs> for everything they do every week to make this live stream and this function and everything they do for the community at large. We appreciate you guys. And I also have a question. I changed the lighting. Hopefully you can tell. So I'm not quite so shiny, but I'm a little darker now and my monitor looks fine. I just want to make sure everything looks okay for you guys. So you, would you just let me know if it's horrendous <laughs> or if it looks okay, wherever you're viewing it from your phone or your pad or your computer or whatever, your big screen or the drive-in theater you happen to be at right now. I don't know. And with that, I'm going to get to your questions and comments. So scrolling up to look for a few. And we're at the angelfish queen hashtag. So if you left a question or comment before the angelfish queen hashtag, please leave it again. Uh, Chat won't let me go up far enough to see it. Tiffany White saying, you're welcome. My mini snowball pleco arrived today and they are super cute. They are the best. We love them. 
and and we ate them a little bit after today. Let me tell you why. <laughs> so to keep what I found with plecos is especially the little babies is it really helps to just have tons of surface area for them. And so the tank they're in is a 75 gallon tank. There's a sponge filter and a box filter. There's a whole bunch of uh, Java fern in it. There's a little bit of Java moss, but mostly Java fern. There's a whole bunch of pieces of little PVC pipe pieces that they can hide in and graze on. And then about half the tank is lava rock across the other half of the tank. And I, I do that so they can have lots of places to hide and to graze. And the lava rock has a really high um, surface area. So we get a lot of beneficial bacteria and things like that. It just keeps the tank really healthy. And plecos, as you know, produce a, a ton of waste. They poop a lot. And so when you have a lot of plecos in a tank, you want some good filtration, right? You want a good ecosystem for them. Well, that's all great until you sell out. So today we had to find the last ones and we did find until we got to the last two little mini snowball plecos and that took forever. And we finally got the last one and that was, or the last, the second to last one. And we just couldn't find the last one. We spent way too much time working with mini snowball plecos today, trying to catch them. <laughs> it was not fun. We gave up, left for a little while Look at the tank later in the day and it was like, oh, there he is. And don't move, don't move with the net. Don't move, don't swim away, don't swim away. And we got him. So it's all good. But man, after trying to find the last two mini snowball plecos for, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say 40 minutes. Um, I love them and I hate them a little bit. <laughs> I'll bring them in again soon though. I they are an awesome pleco. They only get two, two and a half inches, which makes them ideal for a lot of aquarists um, who can't keep, you know, a lot of your hypencistrus and ancestrin type plecos just because they get so big. But I'm glad yours arrived well. I'm glad it's cute and I hope it continues to do well for you. The other thing with plecos is uh, the hypencistrus types. They, they want meaty foods, but they also don't, you don't want so much meat and they want to eat kind of all day long. You don't want sucking belly. That's, that's what you're trying to avoid, right? And little plecos are growing so fast, they need a ton of food. So um, what I found is between feeding algae wafers and sinking carnivore pellets and things like that um, is just a fork with a little coin of zucchini on it. And I put that in there. It's usually gone within, oh, 12 to 24 hours. And I just keep putting one on. So there's food in front of them all day long. And I found one, I'm, I'm fairly new to Pleco, so I'm, I'm finding what works for me. And since I'm doing that, I haven't had issues. I haven't had anyone be skinny. I haven't had um, any of those normal problems you can have with Plecos. So just for anyone getting baby Plecos, just those little tips from, from a novice Pleco keeper myself, but stuff that as I've implemented it and seen what works has been a, a bit of a game changer in the short time I've been keeping Plecos. Hopefully that might help you be successful as well. HC Aqua got my keys today. Jesse, I, I'm so glad for you moving into the new house. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope the fish room, I know you weren't going to keep as many tanks, but but I know it's going to happen. <laughs> Three times for world peace, brother. Kai Tang Seng. 
Hello, everyone. Remember to hit the like button. Why? Yes, thank you. And help support Dance Fish. You can support them even more by buying, by buying fish from them. Wow. I didn't even pay Kai Tang to say that. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> CJ Black is saying hi to you, Jonathan. Jonathan's at the, at the packing table. We're almost done. Last few there. Hey, Gonzalez. Are all your rocket killies really gone? Yes and no. Let me show you. Actually, we like to be transparent here. Let me find, where is that file? Let me show you what happened. Let's see. Oh, I think it's in my Google Drive. Just a second. I got to go to my drive. Show you exactly what's going on with them. Share it with me. Okay, just a moment. Clown Killy. There it is. So the Clown Killies looked great. I, I thought everything was fine. No crimped fins. They're eating well. Everything's going great. So I listed them. Thank goodness no one bought them. I mean, they went through quarantine and, and all that, right? But thanks goodness no one bought them because Chris was going around taking pictures of fish for the new inventory. And it wasn't until I looked at this picture that I saw anything was wrong with them. Check this out. So Chris took this picture and I saw all these little white dots on them. And you're like, dude, that's it. How could you miss that? Oh, let me share this with you. Sorry, this is, this is the picture all these little white dots, but it's not ick. They're tiny dots, tiny, tiny dots. This fish right here is less than half an inch. Those dots are minuscule. So I just couldn't see them with my bare eyes. So thank goodness Chris took this picture and thank goodness I saw it. I took them off the inventory before anyone could buy them. I'm working to try to treat this. However, I don't know what it is. I know it looks similar to ick in this photo, but it isn't. Um, hasn't responded to, to the ick medicine at all. I'm trying some different things. So I don't know if we'll be successful or not. I have lost a few. Um, I'm losing a few a day and I have not been able to make any improvement on this. So this might be a good candidate for trying to, uh, some immune system booster or something like that. But that's what happened. I, I hate to burst anyone's bubble that was waiting for them. I hate to see sick fish and I, I hate to not be able to help them when they are sick. I try really hard to do that. And I have some good tools in my arsenal, but I'm not a veterinarian. I have limited knowledge and limited tools when it comes to uh, helping sick fish. But where we're at right now is we're trying to figure out what the heck is that microscopic little white bump on the, those bumps that you can't even see with your eyeballs. So... Unfortunately, that's where we're at in that process. I don't know if we'll make a breakthrough. I, I don't know if the entire batch will just not make it, but we're trying our best. You know, there are viruses that can present like that. Um, there's bacteria that can present like that. There's parasites that can present like that. There's just, it's, it's hard to identify it. And again, one day soon, I hope to be able to hire, like go to Dr. Tim Miller Morgan and um, say like, hey, who's graduated from your, your program that 
is looking for work or who's free this summer to intern or something and start bring someone on board whose job it is to just every time we get new fish do a health check do a skin scrape do a gill clipping work them up and, and see if we can do this better than i know how to do it doing my best but pretty much everything i know about taking care of fish and healing them i've shared with you guys like that's the limit of my knowledge <laughs> it's not as deep as i wish it was fish guy mikey i just popped in to say hi gotta get going awesome to see everybody love y'all hey right back at you hope you have a great evening wherever you're at cj black do you have to drill all those tanks we do but that's okay. I have a great drill press for that. So I have a glass drill pl- drill. <laughs> I have a glass drill press. Um, we can drill a tank really accurately with no chipping in I don't know how many seconds. Uh, a fresh new blade, 15 seconds. Um, once the blade's been used a few times, maybe closer to 30 seconds. And I only do about 12 tanks per, I call it a blade bit diamond bit. I only do about 12 tanks per bit. So we've ordered a ton of bits. Like we already have them. We've had them for a couple months, just getting ready for this. I didn't want to get in a situation with COVID and all the, aren't you sick of hearing people say, (laughs) talking about COVID, man, I can't wait till this thing is run its course. Um, But anyway, with all the supply line issues, things and things happening, as soon as this was a go, we kind of ordered everything we could just to make sure we didn't get in a situation where it's like, okay, it's time to drill tanks. So we can't find any bits. So I've got a whole bunch of them and they have an amazing drill press specifically for glass aquarium drilling. So it's pretty nice. Paul Soltero, you expected to be sh- a shipping Colorado to tell you when a large delivery is co- a shipping company. You expected a shipping company to tell you when a large delivery is coming. <laughs> I hear you. Any tank casualties. Oh, so this is the good news. Every time I've had tanks delivered, there's been a lot of broken tanks. This time, there were only two out of a semi-truck full. They wrapped them really well. They wrapped them with bubble wrap, and they wrapped them with cardboard. I mean, they I was amazed. They did a great job. The, they worked with me nicely. When I, when I said, hey, could you delay them a bit because construction's been delayed, they were nice, and they did. They didn't have to do that. Um, the, the drivers and the folks that unloaded the truck were super helpful. It, it's been a great experience and, and they did a good job with them. So kudos to those guys. Um, and so we just have two that we're worried about and that's it. Yep. Mikey M. Mikey, I don't know if I did this yet, but there was a live stream where I was calling the uh, killifish, the chromaphiosimians I had, by uh, bivitatums, and you were nice enough, I believe it was you, to chime in and say, hey, those look like bitaniotums to me. Very similar fish, but not the same, right? And uh, I went back and I did some research and poked around, and it turns out you were right. They are bitaniotums. So the aphiosimian bitaniotum agobwa that I have, hope I'm saying that location right, um, are not uh, bivitatums, they're bitaniotums. So I want to thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, I made that correction on the website and at the store and everything. And so just thanks. Cause anytime I accidentally label a fish wrong, 
there's a chance that I could create a problem for someone, accidental hybridization, or they just don't get what they want. So thanks for calling that out. I checked. You were definitely right. And if I haven't thanked you yet, I just wanted to take a minute to do that. Can't remember if I did or not. <laughs> Swamp Thing, good to see you. Thank you so much. My wife sat in for the first 10 minutes of your chat and even asked me a fish question. Hey, look at that. Dance fish, bringing people together. <laughs> <laughs> marriage counseling via fish keeping <laughs> she was wondering what those spotted fish behind you were i'm guessing she's talking about the archer fish right i love those things those archers are awesome oh that reminds me i cannot forget i need to order some i'm gonna try to get some more clouded archers in And if I don't do it by the end of the night tonight, it'll be too late. All right, thanks. <laughs> orange cones. Oh, geez. Sorry, orange cones. Chat just jumped right when I was about to get there. And now I can't. I'm sorry, orange cones. Would you repost your question or comment? Chat jumped so far, I, I, I cannot get to it to see it. And anyone else? The next question I can see is. So I, I just can't scroll up anymore. It's not letting me. So I can see. Uh, Stephen P. 2003, not Stefan, Stephen. So if you left a question or comment above Stephen P. 2003's um, and I didn't get to it yet, please feel free to repost it. When you ship to hot climates in the summer, like here in Louisiana, do you still use insulated boxes? Of course. Do you use cold packs? Of course. Yes, yes, and yes. So at the minimum, every box should have insulation. And it should be a form of insulation that truly insulates. The, the problem with, with the soft insulation, like that blow in your attic type insulation, kind of crumble stuff, is you put the fish, you put it down, great. You put your fish in, great. You fill it in the rest of the way, great. Problem is, is that box is traveling, those, there's vibrations and stuff, and those bags end up falling through the insulation and, and, and resting directly on the bottom on the cardboard box. And so now most of your insulative properties are just obsolete. They, they're not gonna work for you. So I would say not just insulation, but a rigid insulation that keeps the bag from being able to bypass the insulation, right? And cold packs definitely. So we look at the weather everywhere, sorry, everywhere. <laughs> When we ship, we go to weather.com and we search the weather. And if we need to add a cold pack, we do. If we need to add an ice pack, we do. And we always have insulation. And, and something else about insulation, even if the weather where you're at is perfect, let's say 75 degrees night and day where you are at and where you're shipping to. So you think, hey, it's gonna be fine. These things are going on airplanes. Airplanes travel at a very high altitude and at high altitude, it's very cold. So we need to consider what's the travel route and experience of this box. It's not just going from 75 degrees to 75 degrees. It's going from 75 degrees up in an airplane down to freezing probably, or at least very cold, <laughs> and then going down back to 75 degrees. The cargo holds are not going to be heated and well insulated and things. And so the box can go through major temperature fluctuations when it goes up in altitude and, and drops again. And so 
even if the weather's perfect where, where we're out on the ground, the fish can be super stressed or even die if they're shipped in perfect weather without good insulation. The fishy mailman looks good, too bright and hot all day delivering mail. Oh, I think the fishy mailman. <laughs> I think the fishy mailman is saying that the image looks good and that he's hot from delivery mail all day. Well, fishy mailman's always hot, right? Somebody order a mailman? <laughs> Bring out your boom box. Ken's fish, help me. I am stuck in traffic for three hours. I can help you for an hour and a half. And then Punchy Paints, I think, can help you after that. You going live today, Pam? Are you going next? And Kent, I don't envy you. This is one thing I do not miss about Southern California. There's a lot of things I loved about living in Los Angeles. Driving was not one of them. Here in Sheridan, Wyoming, a traffic jam is like a group of deer are crossing the road. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't envy you, my friend, but been in many, many traffic jams in my lifetime. I get it. It's me. Is the PSO in the tank behind you growing above the waterline emergent growth? The Pogo stemens ocelotus, or octopus, sorry. Um, Pogo stemens stellatus octopus, that's right. Um, nope. It's, it's going to the waterline and then it'll kind of fold over and keep growing along it, but it's not actually emerging out of it. Not in my tank. I think it can, but it's not doing it in my tank. I don't know that it can. I'm not a plant expert. I, I know I need to take the, uh, the lawnmower to it, but... Yeah, there's big things happening and it takes a lot of management. So we'll get to that when we can. <laughs> All right, Killers Aquatics and Reptiles. Howard, use at Dan's Fish and he will see it. So that's correct. So Howard or anyone else that's new, when you leave a comment or question and you type the at symbol and then without any spaces or anything, start typing Dan's, you'll see Dan's Fish populate in the box select that and what happens is it turns into this bright orange box for me that I see, all these bright orange boxes. As I'm scrolling through chat to look for questions and comments to respond to, I'm looking for orange boxes. If it's not in a bright orange box, I'll probably miss it. Um, and I know some people are on phones or different devices that don't support that function, but so I, I realize it doesn't work for everyone, but it's the best way to manage chat and keep the uh, show flowing without having me without me having to read through lots of irrelevant comments to find one that's relevant to respond to. It w and it's just kind of boring watching me try to find a good comment. So that's why we do that. So Killers Aquatics, thanks for letting Howard know. Alexandria Rodriguez, I bought a pair of Epiplates species of Cayo two weeks ago yesterday. I noticed a baby swimming around. I'm super excited. All right. Plug your ears, people. It's about to get loud. If you don't know what that means, trust me, lower your volume, get those earbuds out. Here we go. I love killifish and I love breeding fish. I'm excited for Alexandria. So <sighs> do I have the lungs for it today? I think so. That's awesome. 
That makes me excited. Uh, in case there was any doubt. But now I do need a drink. <laughs> it is. <laughs> when you hold it absolutely as long as you can, the very last getting Lazo out, like, is, is a little strain. If I, if I cut it 10 seconds or five seconds earlier, it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do that. But sometimes it's worth the strain just to go as long as you can. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. And I mean, those Epiplides are rock solid. I, I think they're almost sold out. So I'm not saying this to try to move them or anything, but they're amazing. I, I really love them. And the blue and purples are starting to come in on them. And uh, yeah, for an Epiplides, they're pretty good looking. All right, the fishy mailman also helping Howard get a hold of me. I'm, I'm going to scroll up though. I, I'm assuming Howard's new and is, there we go. Um, Howard McCormick, I see your comment. Archerfish, how difficult to keep and good tank mates. Not difficult to, to keep, but difficult to find good ones to start with. So the supply chain can be pretty rough on them. They come from a very remote place in Burma. Um, so you can't just like, you know, drive up, get them and drive back. From my understanding, from what I've read, I've never been there, but is that people have to actually like hike out for a few days, take a boat trip, things like that. It's, it's off the beaten path. So um, unless they're cared for carefully along that whole supply chain, they can come in very stressed. They need a lot of time in a stress-free zone to recoup. They need some TLC. However, once they've recovered, they're tough as nails. I How long have these been in here? I can't remember. Uh, a long time. Uh, <laughs> and they're doing great. Um, so it, it just depends on how they experience the, the supply chain and if they were given time to recover and recoup. If they haven't, then odds are they're going to do poorly. If they have, and and they're truly recovered, then I think they're rock solid. I don't find them difficult to keep at all. And pure fresh water for these. Other archer fish want brackish, but these, these don't want brackish. These are the uh, Burmese archer fish. Um, the Blythei. If I remember the scientific name right, I think it's Blythei. Anyway, I love them. Good tank mates. It, not anything small enough to fit in their mouth or even kind of close to fit in their mouth. Like if they think they can get in their mouth, they'll try and then, oh, I can't. They'll spit it back out. And that poor fish that they mouthed is like super stressed out and scratched up and stuff. So I would say it's the same rule as when keeping angelfish. Try to keep deep bodied fish with them. They don't have to be massive, but they just have to be deep bodied. Um and it, it's also nice if they aren't top-dwelling fish because the archers really do tend to be a true top-dwelling fish. And so that's nice because you can't find a lot of good fish for the top level of the aquarium that, that really stay up there. But I just wouldn't compete that. I would put in uh, stuff that stays in the middle or the bottom level of the tank. So I don't find that they're aggressive to other tank mates unless they think they're food. If they're of a big enough size, though, they're fine. I mean, every now and then they might run over and be like, hey, get out of here. But 
that's it. I mean, no one in here has like torn up fins. There's, there's no problems. And with each other, I, I think a group is the key. If you had only two or three, there might be some aggression issues. I don't know. I don't keep them that way. But what I've noticed in a group is they do kind of, they do cue off each other for comfort and for like knowing if things are okay and stuff. They do interact. They do have a community and a hierarchy. Um, and fish that do that, that are really kind of socially active and have tight hierarchies, they tend to be kinds of fish that do better in groups. Because if you only have two, then you have a dominant and one sub, one subdominant fish that just gets hammered all the time, right? If you have a group, you have all levels of dominance and no one fish is constantly getting hammered. So that would be my thought for them as far as good tank mates and how to best keep them. It's me. Oh, wait, asking about the emergent growth. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I scrolled back up to see Howard's comment. And welcome, Howard. And... Uh, yeah, thanks for the question. Forrest Kai Kendall, are you talking about my orders of plecos giving you heck? <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> my carnivore, carnivore, geez, Louise, my carnivore pellets <laughs> arrived today. Now just waiting for the fish. Good on you. Um, and if you can get some zucchini, that'd be great too. Regina says, archers are my favorite. Depending on the species, they do better in brackish. Mine loved live crickets, but would eat flake too. Oh yeah, they eat anything. As long as it's towards the surface. They eat flakes, they eat pellets. They eat, like, those freeze-dried foods are really good because they stay floating for a long time. So small freeze-dried krill and mysis and grammaris and all that stuff is great. Um, yeah, they're not picky at all, but they don't go down very far to eat. So it needs to be surface stuff. I mean, if you, if you ever got them fruit flies, they would just love you to death and, or, or like, you know, crickets, stuff like that. Absolutely. I, I agree with, with that comment, Regina. Scary Terry saying hello. Well, howdy. Toad Tamer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picturing a toad with, with a dude on its back. <laughs> it has like one of those little wands with a ribbon on it, like tickling its shoulder to steer it around. <laughs> Just move, fish and all to Santa Barbara. Oh, I'm so jelly. And I like to fish the piers. I miss it, man. So I don't know if you know this, but I, I was in the PhD program at UC Santa Barbara. And... Um, lived there like a couple blocks from the beach. My office looked out over the ocean. Uh, I miss that town. Good on you. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Brandon Lee, what are some species of Asian fish that will go well with two female progeramis in a 55 planted tank? Uh, honestly, almost anything that's, that's of appropriate size. Progeramis aren't vicious fish. They're especially for grommies. They're quite peaceful. I would say the world's your oyster, Brandon. Almost anything that is also peaceful and is big enough to not be snacky, right? If you, if there's any specific fish you're wondering, like here's five I'm thinking of, or here's 10 I'm thinking of, let me know and I can dig in deeper. But right now, 
so many things that I, I wouldn't know where to narrow it down um, for you. Toad Tamer, can you feed cut mackerel to freshwater fish? I haven't tried it. Um, I know there are some fish that are kind of so oily and fatty that, I mean, you could feed them, but they make your tank a mess and they could, they could be tough on your fish's digestive system, right? I don't, I'm not hip to mackerel. I, I don't know how mackerel stands up to that, but barring that issue, I'm pretty sure you could. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing that you've, you've caught some on the pier, huh? <laughs> but if I remember right, just from like eating mackerel, it's, it's a fairly kind of fatty fish, but maybe that was just the sauce it was in. I, I don't remember. Paul Soltero, but I mean, back to that, like salmon, uh, you don't want to feed your fish salmon necessarily like fresh salmon or something just because it's so oily. Um, back to Paul. I know it may be an obvious question. Have you tried general cure and or salt? Oh yeah, for sure. And right now I don't use general cure, but I use the same ingredients. So general, general cure. Why can I not? Uh, it's been a long day, but I think my tongue should work. General cure is metronidazole and praziquantel uh, adhered to salt, basically. And so when I treat fish, I use metro and prosy. I just use it, it in its pure form by itself, right? Or pure-ish form. Um, and I do add salt as well. Yes. I, I want to say that this, is, this might be useful or helpful too. I, I had an experience this last import where usually before I receive an import, I go through and I change, I clean all the sponge filters and I, I change out the, the box filters and I, I, I narrow the organic wastes as much as I can without, you know, hurting the tank basically. This import I got my second COVID vaccine and it knocked me out. Like it surprised the heck out of me. I was not expecting it, but I, I lost some time. That happened right before the new import arrived. So the time that I had allotted to cleaning the tanks of, you know, decaying biomatter um, to get ready for the new import, I was in bed. Like I was just recovering from a stupid vaccine. Like. <laughs> it was emasculating. Let's leave it at that. Um, so I got the fish in. I, the tanks are still healthy and stuff, right? I, I put them all in and stuff. And then I went and I medicated. The next morning I got up and I noticed every tank with new fish in it was cloudy. Not like call the fire department. It's an emergency cloudy, but obviously cloudier than all the other tanks. So just... Keep in mind that when you treat a tank with medications, including, including general cure, probably salt, um, definitely antibiotics, you're killing off a lot of little microorganisms. So because I had not cleared out all that decaying organic matter, I hadn't reduced the microorganism population. So there's tons of tiny little worms and protozoans and things that are you know, generally harmless to fish, unless they go nuts, um, which doesn't usually happen. And usually I remove that when I clean the filters and, and, you know, siphon up the majority of the gunk. 
before a new order arrives or a new import arrives. But since I was indisposed, again, due to stinking vaccine, <laughs> I didn't. And I experienced that. So I just want to reiterate that, that before anyone treats an aquarium, reduce your decaying organics, clean out your filters. I'm not saying sterilize the tank. I'm not saying harm your cycle. I'm not saying put the balance of the tank in jeopardy. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying get the gunk out that's decaying and full of little critters that you're going to kill off when you treat because that will create, that can create an ammonia boom, especially if the tank isn't really mature. Luckily mine are mature enough. I didn't get a whole bunch of ammonia problems, but it definitely turned cloudy and was concerning. So just a thought about treating fish. Alex Yen throwing down five bucks. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate the super chat. Always appreciate it. It's never required, but it is awful nice when money falls from the sky. Can I keep Limia Tiger, Tiburon, Perugier, and Molly's Endlers together or will they interbreed? I think they're probably interbreed, at least the different Limias. Um, I don't know how readily mollies and limias would interbreed. I don't think you're likely to have a problem with mollies and endlers, even if technically you could create something like a muppy, a cross between a guppy and a molly, but use an endler instead. I, I think you have to be fairly purposeful about that. And I think that if they did, for some weird reason, accidentally hybridize, that the babies would be obviously not one or the other, and you could clear the stock if you need it before you sold or distributed. But um, I think the different Limias probably are going to hybridize for you. Now, big caveat here, I've never kept all those things together. So I have not any firsthand experience with that. But I do know, I do know that lots of Limias can hybridize with each other. With the Mollies, I don't know. Uh, Josh Modeste, could you do a scraping? I could. My issue is I don't know enough when I'm looking at the slide after I, so, okay. For those that don't know what we're talking about, one way to see if your fish are healthy is to do a skin scraping, which means you take an object, not like a really sharp thing that's going to harm the fish, but you just take something and you run it across the skin of the fish a little bit and you collect some of the mucus on the surface of the skin, right? You're not cutting through the scales and all that. You're just collecting some of that, that top layer. And you look at that under a microscope and that can tell you if there's parasites or different things on the, on the surface of the fish. My issue is I can do a scrape. I can look at it, at it under a microscope, but I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm not versed enough to look at that and identify what I'm seeing and know if it's some harmless little, you know, protozoan from the microcosm that just keeps the tank clean or if it's some kind of protozoan that's going to damage the fish. Like I, I'm not educated enough to know that. I would love to get there. And that's kind of the next step in my fish keeping evolution. I do attend aquarium veterinarian conferences whenever I get the chance. I do try to keep up with all that stuff. Um, I have a basic, basic, basic understanding of things just from working at animal hospitals for like five years to pay for college but I'm not a veterinarian by any means. Um, but the next step in my evolution as a hobbyist, once I can, is to find the time to get educated on being able to do things like that. I'm just not there yet. So I can do the scrape, but I can't read it. So I guess I could like 
read it, you know, go over it with the microscope, make a video, and then maybe send it to a veterinarian or, or someone that can read it. That might be helpful. Um, so that's something to maybe consider. But it, but at this time, I'm not. I, I don't have that set up. Goldfish gone wild. Um, hi, I finally made it back again. It's been a while. Well, welcome back. Welcome back from the wild. <laughs> Fishers Aquatics. Hey, I'm going to try getting my neon tetras to spawn tonight. Awesome. I have a 1.5 gallon container in rainwater to drop pH. Not so much the pH. It's more the hardness, but but I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to get pH to around 6 and temp at about 69. That sound good? I don't know if you need to drop the temp that much. Um but I don't think it will harm them either. So yeah, I, I think it sounds like a good plan. Unless you're trying to lower the pH with a chemical, don't do that. If you do lower the pH, use the rainwater and put in some peat moss or some tannins of some kind to keep it stable, but don't use like pH down or any of that nonsense. Okay. And honestly, I don't think you need to lower the pH. I think if the water's soft, you're going to be just fine. So I wouldn't worry about the pH. Now, if you try it five times and all the fish eggs are like fungusing and no one's getting fertilized, then maybe it's like, hey, now I do need to try the pH. But usually it's the hardness of the water more than the pH. And I'm excited to hear how it goes. I think you have a good plan. Like in general, that sounds like a good thing. Naomi H2O, so glad things are progressing. Me too. <laughs> All the incredibly hard work is and will pay off. Yeah, we're, it's hard work, but it's so fun. It's so rewarding. There's no complaints. Like even when I'm at my most exhausted, I'm, you know, happy. It's awesome. <laughs> I would recommend it for anyone. Stop. If you have the golden handcuffs, get rid of them and do what you love. Now, try to do it responsibly, but <laughs> it's just a, it's an, it's a game changer. It's a totally different life that you'll lead. Even if you aren't making a ton of money, it's, I don't know. I can't say it. I don't know how else to say it. Casual products stay being awesome. Working on it, working on it. Luckily I'm surrounding myself with people who will tell me when I'm not awesome. And, and they do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that'll help. <laughs> okay, the next one I can see because chat did the jumpity jumps again is Mike Stambaugh. How do you sex small empire gudgeons and are you going to get any more soon? I would like to. I, I mean, I order empire gudgeons every time they're available. But supply, I mean, they're the rarest of gudgeons. The Singulatus we have in right now are pretty hard to get. I was happy to get those. Um, but they're on par with, say, like Purple Spotted Mugurnda, uh, those those kinds of gudgeons. Um, so you can find them sometimes, and then you can't. So every time I can, I order them. When they show up, they show up. I have no control over that, but I do try. Now, how do you sex them when they're tiny and small? I, I don't. I'm just not confident enough. I know you can look at fin lengths. I know you can look at different things, but I'm servicing customers. And unless it's really obvious, I, 
I'm not willing to guarantee sexes just because I don't want to get in a situation where someone's really angry at us and disappointed because we did our best, but it wasn't obvious. And until the gudgeons get a little bigger, it's not very obvious. So I guess that's what I would say. <laughs> it's tricky when they're little. Tony Danford, I've started breeding a, pro a breeding project. All right. Breeding is pleasure. With five hillstream loaches and a 55 about three weeks ago, how can you tell if they are happy and well-fed typical behavior? Um, it's a little tricky with hillstream loaches, honestly, because they often don't show a lot of signs of being unhappy or ill until it's like, hey, that loach was good yesterday. Ooh, today it doesn't look good. Oh, tomorrow it's dead. They're very good at masking. Um, anything going wrong. One of the best resources, I don't know if it's still out there, Brian's Tropicals. Did he take it down? There was a gentleman named Brian that had a website called Brian's Tropicals, I think. It's not up anymore. Yep, this is it. So this guy, Let's see here. Let me try Brian'sTropicals.com. Um, had a great blog where he he re documented the building of his fish room. He had fish and he had like dart frogs. And um, okay, let me try this. In one of the species he was breeding was Sawilia lineolata. No, well, here's where we're at. Sorry. And he did a great job documenting their breeding and raising and the whole thing. And I wanted to refer you there. I don't know how to find it anymore. It was the best resource that I knew at the time as far as breeding. Um, I don't know how to describe like if they're happy and well fed. I mean, you'll see them eat when they're up on the glass. Their bellies won't be concave. They won't be shrunken in on the sides. And... Um, and when they're happy, they're fairly active. They're going around rummaging all the time, right? And you'll occasionally see them spar with each other real quick and then go off and keep run, rummaging. I mean, that's kind of my, my best. I wish I could refer you to Brian's, but apparently I can't. I don't know how to describe it any better than I just did. One thing I will say is in Brian's tanks, um, he didn't have super high flow. And they were breeding like crazy in there. So... Keep the oxygen saturated, but you don't necessarily need like rapid flow for that. However, if you did set up the manifold tank and the river system and the cross flow, cross flow system and all that, good on you. Because I think they'll enjoy it. I just don't think it's necessary for breeding based on what Brian was doing. Um, I think since it's about eight o'clock that it would behoove us to take a moment. Since I already shut it, but to think Tiffany White from Sparky's Tropicals again for um, donating the angelfish for tonight's giveaway. I think that's absolutely awesome. So I want to thank her by showing her YouTube channel and her storing at Gills. It's just taking me a moment <laughs> to get it opened up. So just one moment so we can all thank the angelfish queen, <laughs> at least for the night. <laughs> for uh, what she did. So if you would like to thank Tiffany, do so by going and checking out her YouTube channel here 
or by going over here and checking out her store at getgills.com called Sparky's Tropicals. What she's providing is some angelfish that she has bred and raised herself. Here's one of the pairs, uh, blue marbles and dark blue pinoys and koi, if you're into any of those. Here's some of the blue marbles. Here's some of the dark blue pinoy of the size that she's actually giving away. They're juveniles, nickel to quarter size. And here are, if you prefer, some of her koi angelfish. So she's giving away six of them tonight in any color combination you want. So whichever co color combination you prefer, up to six, mix and match colors at your, at your leisure. And to do that, enter the hashtag angelfishqueen into the chat and you'll be entered to win some of Tiffany White's angelfish. So thanks again, Tiffany, for doing that. I really appreciate it. All right. Mikey M, thanks. I saw the vid, so I already knew. Um, love your vids and your energy and work. Almost sent a job application to you, though I live in Sweden. Hey, what's an email cost? Send it in. No worries. And oh, I should mention this again. Everyone that, that applied for the... Um, Chief, Chief Operations Officer position, which we call the Chief Fish Happiness Officer position here for Dan's Fish. Thank you. Um, we're still in the process. I did receive another application today and I haven't responded to that one yet, but all the other ones I've responded to and you're in the mix. Please be patient. We are working through it and you will hear from us at some point, no matter what our decision. Orange cones, order Dan's, orders Dan a fish powered weed whacker for the plants. Order Dan a Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I know I need little, little, little tiny precision pruning shears, but it's, it's gonna be the lawnmower. Scary Terry, do you normally keep a good stock of rainbows? I think so. I might go out on a limb to say maybe I have the best stock of rainbows in the United States. I, I don't know if that's true for sure. There might be someone else that has more. But um, let's just take a quick perusal to show you what we have to give you an idea. And I mean, what I will say about my rainbows is almost all of them come from a very good source. Um, a good enough source that hobbyists like Gary Lang and other really into it rainbow fish people will buy rainbows from me because they know this guy. Um, this is someone that goes collecting all the time collects wild rainbows and uses them as their broodstock, keeps the locations pure and specific, and um, has been published many times in Amazonas Magazine. So this person knows their stuff. It's the collecting partner for Hans George Evers. So now, is it perfect? No. Occasionally, there's a mix-up. Um, an example of that would be, let me, let me switch, switch screens real quick before we do this there's less glare here. When you get bald, you get real sensitive about glare. Not sensitive, aware. Aware of the glare. <laughs> I'm aware of the glare. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> anyway, um, so several months ago, I brought in a fish labeled as Pseudomugil Gertrude from Dekai. I did two batches of them, I think, and I loved them because they honestly were the 
the prettiest Gertrude I had ever seen. They put the normal Gertrude that you see in the aquarium industry to shame. I mean, really bright, nice extended fins, bright yellows on the tips of the fins, um, just really cool. So I was excited and I distributed them and all that. Well, someone was kind enough to bring my to my attention that they were not actually pure Dekai strain. How do we know this? Because Gary Lang wrote a post where he described the difference. So Gary Lang actually collected their Gertrude from Dekai, right? And he described the differences and I was like, hey, I see those differences. Mine might not be what I thought they were. So I, I sent Gary a picture and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, those, those are not. And so, you know, every now and then there's a snafu that we find. I, I think that's no matter what you're doing in this industry, or even in the hobby, at the hobby level, I think errors are made sometimes it, just because we're human beings, right? We try not to, but that's an example of one thing that did happen, but that's rare. That's super rare. So almost all the rainbows I get are from wild collected stock. They're line pure. They're bred and raised by a legitimate range rainbow fish expert who has a mission of preserving all these species because they're just, their habitats are being destroyed at an alarming rate. Anytime a road is built that gives access to a new rainbow fish habitat, it's not long before that habitat is in jeopardy. That's what's going on. So what, what this person does is as those habitats are becoming a, um, accessible because of building of roads and industrialization of Papua New Guinea, um, or Papua anyway, the Indonesian side, he'll go out, he'll collect some, and then he'll start breeding them because we know that the habitat is likely to be destroyed, uh, unfortunately, in very short order. So that's the source. That's why I think they're good. Having said all that, let's actually, let's just, let's just go to rainbow fish themselves. That'll probably be easier. Okay. So we're here on get gills. We're going to go to the rainbow fish. Isn't that a cool picture? So, oh, good. So there's some Clausioensis here from Hoon Aquatics. I, um, those are awesome. And I know those are a good strain because I provided that strain to Hoon. So there's some good ones. So I have some Ogilbeis. I've got some Aves Creek Bosmanis, some Red Lasers, some Blair Eyes, some Pricey Eyes, which I'm excited about. I've never been able to get them before. Susii, Parva, Sequenzis, Ladiclava. Um, Clavia, I think, I think I spelled that right. Bosmani Itinjo, Calia Wallum, just one left, but he's, he's doing great. Onelli, good luck finding that anywhere else. Cali Timbuni, Makulakai from Stark River, the actual Cambolgi Creeks, not the one that is usually sold as that, which isn't that. Goldie from Cura, Multisquamatas from Mambaramo. Vasquiatas from Mambaramo, Cohen Rivers, Goiter Rivers, Hapgood Rivers, and the list goes on. So I like rainbow fish in case you can't tell. So that, I hope answers your question. <laughs> I love them. I'm into them. I'm into it. 
It's me. Thanks. And sorry for going on the, was that a brag? Was that a brag rant? If that was too braggy, forgive me, but I've worked really hard to secure a good source for rainbows and not just perpetuate the, the typical hybridization and kind of muddied um, strains that we typically can get from most fish farms. So um, forgive me if I tooted my own horn there a bit, but it was hard work getting it and I'm proud of it. So um, Ken's fish, I made it through the grapevine. It, oh, wow. A truck flip over now to drive to Riverside. Ooh, man. So going for going over the hill, going over the grapevine and it was backed up because the truck flipped, huh? Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully that clears soon. <laughs> man, the grapevine is not a fun drive, even when there aren't trucks flipped over. So be safe out there, bro. New Mexico Aquatics, little Bobby, you should do theater or something. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> For those that don't know why that's funny, it's because uh, that's my background. And little Bobby knows it. Hillside Aquatics and Exotics, are you able to get female and male dwarf flame garamis? Um, I don't have any dwarf flame garamis right now. And I don't know. Some of those garamis, it's hard to get females for. There's a few colors of the uh, Lalia, the, the dwarf garami, um, that you can sometimes get specific females for, but there's a lot of strains where you don't get to choose. So I don't know. I have not looked into that. I can't remember because I haven't gone down that wormhole for quite some time. Hillside Aquatics and Exotics saying hi. Oh, I see what happened there. Okay, cool. Oh man, I apologize for how behind I am. I just got to Alex Yen's super chat. <laughs> but that's how we roll here. Toad Tamer, I just moved fish. Okay, got that one. Scary Terry, I like my fish just like girlfriend. Okay, deep bodied. <laughs> I, I had to pre-read that to make sure I could. <laughs> Orange goes, my sister-in-law asks, what size fish eat mice? At that guy's place. She heard you say mice is shrimp. <laughs> That's right. Yep. No, we don't have any like massive big mouth bass or anything. Mice, mices. Swamp thing. Well, the way I'm talking today, yeah, I don't blame her for misunderstanding my kind of mealy mouthed today. What about breeding Burmese archer fish? I haven't done it. Um, before I got them in the first time, I did a ton of research and dug down real deep, but it's been a while. And I can't remember just off the top of my head if anyone has successfully bred and raised them in aquariums. I don't know that. My understanding of archer fish is they're pretty difficult to breed and raise. I, I think almost all the ones we have are collected. But man, okay, if you want a challenge... That's a fish that if you could do it successfully, would probably be worth doing for a business, at least for a few years um, until the market gets saturated or whatever. Because the, what, what happens right now to the difficulty of in the remoteness and everything to get those fish, specifically the Blythei, into um, the Burmese clouded archer fish, to get those into our tanks is a long ordeal um and it would be awesome to have a different yeah a different option for them paul soltero 
did you hike up the temp? Um, no, I, I've never done that. I, I know that some people do that for ick and stuff. I don't, here's the thing. I find if, if you make major temperature swings and stuff like that, it puts a lot of stress on the system. And so my logic is the fish is already stressed. I don't know if I'll, I want to stress it out more. But I, but I understand what you're saying. Like when you're fighting off a virus, right? Your body creates a fever and the increased temperature helps fight off the virus is I'm assuming what happens. Um, so I might need to reconsider that. It's, it's rare for me to run into a situation where I feel like I would need to, but th this might be a situation like that. The downside is killifish don't like it hot. Yeah, so in this specific instance, them being killifish, I'll need to think about that. Uh, getting them hot will, will put quite a bit of stress on them. Although, you know what? I have raised the temperature inadvertently just because it's got up to the 90s here the last several days. So it's a lot warmer out there than it usually is. So I guess, Paul, yes, I have raised the temperature. <laughs> I, Gore, African butterfly fish, can they be kept in a 90-gallon? Yes. With a hang-on-back filter? No. And a canister filter? There isn't a ton of flow in the tank, but the hang-on-back does create some turbulence. I don't think so. I think they'll jump out of any gap big enough to allow a hang on back to work. I don't know of any hang on back that has some kind of like covered chute coming down that you could abut the lid right up to and custom cut it out real tight. Um, they are jumpers and they're very accurate. Like they can, they can soar a few meters, like several yards uh, when they jump. So <clears throat> I don't think so just because of that gap in the lid. Igor, and are you going to get some more of the mini plecos? Yes, it'll be a while. Um, but some, not something that's going to happen tomorrow. But the next time I order from that supplier, I'll definitely order more. And I'll probably order a lot more because they sold out like that. I'll probably order like 60 or 80 of them. Maria Z saying hi. Right back at you, Maria Z. Al or AI? I think that's Al. <laughs> I probably say it different every week, right? Hey, Rico Stan, good to see you as well. Thanks for being here, my friend. Will a pistogram a crossbreed? Yes. And if so, what two types would you like to see crossbred? None. Um, I, I don't have, I honestly don't have a problem with hybridization in like an aquarium setting. Um, as long as we aren't then distributing the fish as what they aren't and creating muddy bloodlines and stuff. But my personal preference is I like pure strains. I don't mind like color morphs and strains. Like, let me give you an example. Aphiosemian australi. This right here is the natural Aphiosemian australi. That's what it looks like in nature. However, in aquariums, some of these showed up and have now been established for a long time. This is also a, a beautiful fish. This is the orange australi, right? So I like them both. I like that one and I like that one. Ooh, look at that picture. Bam. Ooh, look at that picture. That is funky. There's some work that went into creating this one, I think. Good job, Rudolph. Um, anyway, so I don't... 
have anything against hybridization and I don't have anything against like developing different colors and things. It's just my personal preference that I like pure strains. Um, so I don't, I'm not into crossbreeding, but I'm not knocking it either. Really, honestly, I will say this though. There are, there are certain species and groups of fish that are in such jeopardy. Lots of populations of rainbow fish come to mind. Killifish as well in goodyids and lots of stuff, right? I don't know about apistos as much. Maybe I'm just not as expert on them. I don't know as much about those, but, um, there are some fish that are really struggling in the, and are endangered and their habitats are being destroyed and all that. And I guess personally, I always find it a bit of a shame when those fish are hybridized or somehow the genes are muddied because I worry about conservation. Now it's not every aquarist duty to conserve. I'm not saying that people that want to be into conservation can do conservation. People that don't shouldn't be forced into it. And I'm not trying to do that, but when there's a limited genetic pool and danger of a species going extinct and stuff like that, then I always find it a real shame when we do hybridize just because it seems like a poor management of a very valuable natural resource at that point. But again, if someone did, I wouldn't yell at them. I wouldn't have a problem with them. Um, yeah. Lunatic Fringe, which is your favorite killie from Madagascar? I like them all. I don't have a favorite. I really like them all. All the patchy panchax type killifish. Um, you know, a lot of them are so similar. Um, so choosing a favorite is a little hard, but I just, they're so unique and so endangered. Like Madagascar is just, uh, it's a mess when it comes to like ecosystems and natural habitats. Fisher Aquatics, thanks, no chemicals. I have some tannins that I put in the water. I hope it works. I'll keep you posted next stream. It's great to hear an opinion from a more experienced breeder. Well, I hope it works for you as well. And um, if not, keep trying. And after a few tries, it still doesn't work. Then maybe we can knock around some other ideas. But I hope it works too. I'm just excited you're trying it. Like it's so much fun, I think. Trying it, figuring it out, cracking that code, breeding the fish, raising the babies. That's just my favorite thing. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. Aqua New Grow, IG. Are the two peacock gudgeons you have listed males or male, female, and any more coming? Someone sent me an email recently and asked if I had a male, and I looked and I did have one male left. So I think it's, I think they're male and female. What I can't remember, we've packed and sold so many fish recently that I can't remember if we already sold that mail to someone else or not. So I can't say with certainty right now. If you email me, I'll, I'll look and get back to you. Dan at dancefish.com. I'm, I'm happy to look and get back to you. All right. Quentin Fogel, how do you sex piranha? No idea. Never kept them. Have almost no experience with them. Um, I have nothing against them. I like fish with fins. Like, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I didn't say that because piranha can eat fins off fish. I, what I'm trying to say is I like any fish. Like people ask me what fish you like. I'm like the ones with fins, the ones that swim. Like I like them all, but I just don't have any experience with piranha. I've never, uh, 
had an opportunity to dig into that. So I can't help you. If anyone here knows, please uh, leave a, a comment for Quentin. Uh, and if you make it at Quentin, so it highlights for him so he can find it easily, that would probably be appreciated. Cancer train. How many people send applications? Well, now we're getting into information that's a little too sensitive to share. Um, but many more than I thought. Let's put it that way. We've been pleasantly surprised. We have a, a good stack to go through. Scary Terry. Yeah, I'd say so too. You have some awesome rainbows. Thanks. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm proud of them. And I already ranted about it, so I'll stop talking about them. <laughs> Dan, the rainbow is great. Still not seizing. That is so amazing. Bob, I'm so glad to hear that. So for those that don't know, um, you can check out a channel, a channel, a video on my channel. <laughs> I'm not as think as you drunk I am. You can check out a video on my channel. I had an instance where a Melanotania species uh, from Caladiri, nice, big, beautiful one, anytime it ate, it would have a seizure. It was so bizarre. I couldn't figure it out. Bob was kind enough, uh, Kaler's Aquatics and Reptiles, was kind enough to say, hey, send it to me. I'll try, to, I'll try it. I'll see if I have any luck. I sent it to Bob. It lived. It made the trip. Woo! And it's no longer seizing. So I don't know what the difference is. Apparently, I'm not that good at rainbows. I couldn't figure it out. But I'm so glad that it found a home where it's doing well. That's, that's the happiest ending to that story. And honestly, I don't know how the odds were of that story ending happily. I, I didn't know what else to do. Huck, will the clown killifish be up soon? I want to order amber barbs, but I want to get both at once. So Huck, no, they won't. They've developed a problem. If you rewatch the stream, I talk about it in depth at the beginning. You can see some pictures of what's going on and stuff. Um, and so far, I have been unable to find anything that works. So, yeah. So, like, I guess when I say that again, maybe raising the temp a little bit more, doesn't sound like such a bad idea because I've tried lots of stuff. And once you get to this stage, you know, throw a Hail Mary, right? So maybe I will try that. Sometimes I try not to be this way, but sometimes I think we all do this when it comes to fish keeping and stuff. I hear an idea and I have a, a like a gut reaction of no, right? And I shouldn't. I should like lean in a little bit and really fully consider it before I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Don't do that, right? So every now and then that happens. I try not to do that. And I, I kind of hate it when I do. So sorry to whoever I did that to. Mike Kinseth, I really want to order some red lasers, but I don't have any tank space. Oh, this is the problem with MTS, right? World peace, the secret is get three. If you have a tank, get two more. If you have three, get nine, right? Three times the number of tanks you currently have will result in world peace. Don't ask me how I know, and don't ask to see the math. <laughs> Scary Terry, I really want to order some rainbows from you. Well, they're there. They're available. And um, they're, I've leaned in hard on rainbows, and I really like them. So I think I've got some cool stuff there to choose from. The multi-schumata and schumata and blare are two I really wanted. Awesome selection. Yeah, I mean, I thought you would like it. I figured if you asked that question that you weren't, that you didn't know what was going on with that. So I'm glad, I'm glad you got to see some cool stuff. Hopefully stuff you've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff you've been looking for, for, for a while, you know, it, it is, it is really fun to be the guy that 
occasionally someone will email and be like, dude, I've been looking for these for 20 years. <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's awesome when I can like, it's so satisfying when I can help someone fulfill those, those goals. Kyle's Acquire Metrics 24. Okay, we got six more minutes. Any plans to bring in more Radinocentris species? No, I tried. I don't know if I've talked about this. Um, Marcel, who breeds lots of Radinocentris, and if you're looking for them, I would recommend going to Marcel. Um, he has a store on Get Gills. Is it called Marcel's Fish or something? Anyway, if there's Radinocentris for sale on Get Gills, it's probably Marcel. Um, I was working with Marcel and we were trying to, to bring in an import from Australia um, to get in like Pygmaea, some different rads, some different pseudomilgills, a lot of really cool Melanotanias, just, just some, some neat stuff. Um, it didn't work out, unfortunately. So I've tried and failed. <laughs> I just don't have a steady source for them right now. If they come available, sure. But right now, and that's the thing with them, right? It's, it's hard to get them. <laughs> Scary Terry, not at all. You're just spitting facts. Got the best selection I've seen. Well, I'm glad. Xanadudu, looking forward to ordering some rainbows from you as soon as I can decide. Well, hey, I'm glad I went on the rat now. Apparently, it was good for business. <laughs> Did I say rat? Rant. Talking's hard. Orange cones, cotton mouth much, yes, but not for the reason you're thinking. RB Animals Rescue, I get cotton mouth from time to time myself. <laughs> and since it's a family show, I'm gonna chuckle and move on. Fisher Aquatics, I just put the Tetras in. One plump female and two males. I have two small spawning mops in the tank with them. That sounds perfect, all right? Hopefully tomorrow they'll go for you. If not, give them another day or two. But and I don't know if you have a way that they can experience a natural sunrise. Um, and not it doesn't have to be direct sunlight. But if they're in a room with a window that gets sunlight, that can be really helpful. Morning light triggers a lot of those egg scatterers. And so does the sun going down for a certain species too. But for neons, I believe it was the sunrise if I remember right, it has been a while. Roundhouse Aquatics, I have African butterflies in a 10 gallon with an HOB. I just set plastic panels available at the hobby shop as styrene over any openings with no problems. Okay, cool. So Roundhouse has found a solution. Um, yeah, I, I guess anything's possible, right? Okay, yeah. Again, sometimes I have a gut no reaction and maybe I should lean in a little more, but is the guy that sells butterfly fish and I don't, I don't want to put part of it is self-preservation, right? A little bit of CYA. Um, I'd hate to give advice, sell the fish and then have them say, Hey, you said they'd be okay. And they jumped and now they're dried up on the floor. Right? Uh, so part of it is just me like trying to avoid problems for them and for my company. So I admit there's a little bit of self-interest in some of these replies which I try to curtail as well, but I'm a human being, so I have biases and don't even know it most of the time. All right, here we go. Oh, this is good. Before we, um, Brian, Brian Maramba, hello, sorry I'm late. Well, Brian, 
off to the principal's office with you for your spanking. Paul Soltero, I believe Epistococatoides types won't cross with McMasteri types. So this is an important point. There are certain clads or groups of Epistos that are distantly enough related that from my reading, I agree with Paul. I don't, I don't know if the Epistoclad and McMasteri groups are, are so far that that's true, but I do know that there are certain groups that apparently don't hybridize because they're distantly enough related. They just can, ain't going to happen. Um, so from my reading, I agree with Paul, but I don't remember the details and I don't know how valid the sources I read were either, but I've heard that as well. Um, so yes. All right. We are at 828. So I think we should take some time to draw the winning ticket tonight for some awesome hobbyist bread and raised angelfish from the wonderful Tiffany White, a.k.a. Sparky's Aquatics. If you want to, or, or Sparky's Fish Store. Oh, now I have to look. Oh, which one is it? Sparky's Store. Hang on. What's the actual title of the Get Gills Store? <laughs> Memory short in this one. All right, here we go. Sparky's Tropicals. Here, here we go. Let's just show it. This is it. Um, anyway, the winner of that is... BG Aqua. BG Aqua, you have won. You have about two minutes to chime in and claim your winnings. And we'll go from there. If you don't chime in in two minutes or so, we'll redraw and someone else will win. While that's happening, I'm going to scroll up and see if I can sneak one more question in. Bunny Viper. Hey, Bunny Viper. Great to see you. Just an update. Every fish I have from you is healthy and happy. <laughs> I'm glad this is the comment I happen to see. <laughs> B. gobies, epiplates, horse-faced loaches, betacochina, stifidon rutilarius. Love each and every one. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That makes it worth it. Um, that's why we put in all that extra effort to do the thing the way we do it. And that's why we're not the cheapest game, right? I mean, I, I'll admit our prices are a little higher just because we have to the way we do things costs more for that little extra care, but it's awesome bunny viper to hear that it's going well for you. Um, every time I get a comment like that or an email like that, it just me and the team look at them and are like, okay, this is worth it. Right. <laughs> it, it adds fire to the, to the passion. So thank you. BG Aqua is here. Great. So BG Aqua, please send an email to Dan at dancefish.com. Let me know. Hey, I'm BG Aqua. Here's my real first name and last name and my mailing address. I'll send that off to Tiffany and we can, uh, and then you and she can figure out the logistics of getting those fish to you. Before I close, I just need to thank my moderators. I, I'm amazed every week at the, that they come and they volunteer and they give their time and their effort and their expertise to make this stream uh, work smoothly. So thank you. Thanks to everyone who left money on the table. Actually, I can, I can say this. Thanks to Alex Yen, who threw a super chat at me. Always appreciated. Thank you so much. Um, everyone that left a question or a comment, thank you for participating. Hail the Lurker Nation. Everyone that catches this on the replay. Hi. Hope you all have a good good week until I see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, bye-bye.